This is alphageekradio.com. The following presentation is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike Non-Commercial License. For more information on Creative Commons licensing, please visit www.creativecommons.org. Today, on Casually Hardcore, Sean of the Trek. Hey, it would help if I had this on, but <laughs> Gog resurrects LucasArts. Who are you and what have you done with my Microsoft? Gaming focus on MMOs are changing. This guy is my zombie survival plan. And Swedish Troll Hunters 4. H1N1 a week later. And X-Men Apocalypse gets a cast. All of this and more on this episode of Casually Hardcore. Not panic, ladies and gentlemen. The casuals are taking control of these airways. This is Casually Hardcore Live on AlphaGeekRadio.com. For Sunday, the 25th of January, 2015, this is Casually Hardcore, and I am Gnome Wise. I am Daxa. It is just the two of us. How often does this happen? Never. Rarely. This Very is, this rare. This is a rare alignment of the planets. How you doing? Good. Good so far. Nobody like waved you off or scared you or said, what, what, what? No, don't go in there alone with him. Eh, I can handle you. Come Sweaty on. nerd dude in a closet. Come on. Please. I just work here. I can handle my nerds. Not touching that. I am so... <laughs> I am backing slowly away from the comment. <laughs> So anyway, uh, we are in that weird middle ground, television-wise, mm-hmm. where a few of the shows have started up, but they've just started up this past week, so we are not past the Gilligan period on them yet. Yeah. So we will not spoil, so we won't have a lengthy television uh, episode discussion. Um, have you had a chance to catch any of the premieres, like Flash or Arrow? We caught Arrow. Um, um, and I have not caught, we have Flash, I haven't caught Flash, and then obviously Supernatural started back up again too, so I'll be doing that also, but other than that, no. Well, spoiler alert on Arrow, as a surprise to no one, and I, 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 <laughs> someone actually calls me on me spoiling something, the title character isn't not- actually dead. <laughs> Well, they'd have to cancel the show if he was, so, or call I, it something different. But the the manner in which you know he is saved from his immediate peril is the story of this return episode. But I also like they focused very much on the rest of the team and their yes. their struggle with acceptance of the likely reality that Ollie is dead. Mm-hmm. Um. So the good it was a good character episode. They did their normal Highlander thing, which was weaving the flashback meaningfully into what was going on in the modern day. Yes, they did. Um, that was good though. Yeah. They did a good job. I like when they do that. No, well. it's, it's their it's their main 
storytelling method mm-hmm. is always you know the flashback or they, they've done the head fake where what we thought was a flashback you know episode before last was actually a flash forward exactly sneaky little writers mm-hmm. um but you know this this is not a new storytelling you know i can remember them using this as far back as forever night where whenever you have an i loved forever night it is if you go back and look at it, it is so but 80s it is so bad oh no it's not yeah, the the later episodes are terrible because the writers got all replaced and and then some of the major characters quit. So, but I love it. Just, it's a, it's a thing of its era, especially the, mm-hmm. the hair. My God, the <laughs> hair! Uh, but anyway, that, that was that, a good show. I Highlander show. used the same mm-hmm. uh, technique of you know here's something significant from the character's distant past. Hey, and look how it's affecting him today. And they did that very well in this episode. Um, over in Flashville, um, they are doing their f- first indications of a larger story arc beyond the mystery of the man in the yellow suit. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have some characters who return, who do some things that indicate that there are larger machinations and the bad guy end of things that are going on that we are not aware of. So they're doing a decent job. of They've, they've put all their pieces on the board. And now they're gonna say, okay, it's a much larger game than we let on through the the metahuman of the week show. Yep. Yeah. So. Then that one I haven't caught, but yeah. Yeah. It's 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 a good stepping stone episode. Again, not not a wham episode, but uh, still interesting. Still still has me tuning back in. Um, good. Yeah, we shall see. Yeah, and we'll obviously talk about it more in next depth week. Next week we will talk about last week. Because so, we obey the Gilligan protocols here, which is two weeks uh, during which we will not spoil things for you, other than to encourage you to go and watch these shows. So Arrow, The Flash, and uh, Agent Carter, um, all all very, very good. Um, Constantine, another very good show. Unfortunately, in danger of being canceled. It's they refer to it as being on the bubble. So we'll see if, it's, if, see if it survives the cut. Uh, you know, as usual, just as it was getting good. Right. Here's hoping. I'll keep watching it, get my numbers counted via Hulu Plus, and uh, hopefully they'll... I was thinking of buying that last night. We were buying, obviously, because we don't have cable anymore. Mm -hmm. So I was buying um, Supernatural and the season of uh, Arrow last night and Flash. So you don't do Hulu Plus? No, we don't. Hmm. I know. We should should, at some point. We should should compare math, actually, and see which way is, if your way is cheaper or my way is cheaper. Because I'm paying eight bucks a month flat. Mm-hmm. To get you know access to the last eight or nine episodes of these things, mm-hmm. you are paying per episode or per series. Per series, I, I just buy the whole season. But you get eternal access to those. Mm-hmm. You know, mine fall off. So mm, different ways, different approaches. Supernaturals was thirty four dollars, and so was Arrows. Um, mm-hmm. So it was around thirty four, thirty five dollars for the for entire the 20-ish, season. The twenty ish episodes, yeah, series. like twenty seven episodes, twenty six episodes, and but you get to keep them forever. Forever, and, yes. And, and then um, I think Constantine, which I looked up, mm-hmm. was only 20 because, you know, it's on the cusp. Right. And they're basically saying, please, please come and watch us and, exactly. and love this show so we can keep it on the air. Uh, Got to love it. So, I mean, for basically one month of what we paid for cable, I bought all the show's seasons that we watch and they're mine. So, not bad, actually. They're mine, my precious. They're mine. Leave us alone. <laughs> all right. We have... Speaking Nerd, of my precious, my precious. So we, I know I'm going off on a tangent here. We saw good, the interview last good. night. Really? Because it's on Netflix. That's great. I forgot. 
So it came out on Netflix, and we're like, okay, let's throw it on. Let's see what this thing is, is all like about. Firmly and resoundingly not my kind of comedy, but what did, what did you think? Um, so it's got some very funny moments for sure, but I don't think I would have seen it in the theater. Okay. So I think straight to you know video was probably a much better choice for them um is there's some parts where they just throw in some really gross things and you're like like it it doesn't make sense for it to be there you know just it's there merely for the shock value exactly and it's not even really that shocking it's more like oh um so but it was it was sort of funny i still like the um the one where the end of the world better what is that one called um, With, oh, do you remember? World's End? Uh, no, no, no. Oh, I forget. It's got Seth Rogen in it. It's got, um, well, I'll think about it later. But anyway, so it's okay. I wouldn't have seen it in the theater. It's not that great. It's for theater. Okay. So they benefited from their controversy and probably got more exposure than they might have otherwise. Absolutely. What a Absolutely. surprise. It and, almost uh, like somebody orchestrated it. Mm, you would have thought so. Mm-hmm. Who and Franco plays it? the best. Like for nobody plays a better dummy than he does. Yes, he plays a really good dummy, and he's really smart. But mm-hmm. he plays a really good dummy. Acting, you know. Yeah, go figure. I am an actor. Uh, all right, so you have brought us news. News harvested from across the web and from alphageekradio.reddit.com, our community over there. They keep providing us up with the saucy links. We thank them greatly for that. And you're welcome to go over there yourself and contribute things you think would be fun to talk about on the air. From treknews.net, interesting bit of detail about uh, the third installment in the rebooted Mm -hmm. uh, classic Trek, Simon Pegg also known as Scotty from, Scotty. The, from the reboot, will be a co-writer on the third movie. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting, because he is known for his comedies. Comedy, yeah. Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, World's End, and it's a very particular brand of comedy. Um, very British, but not so British that it's alienating to non-natives. Um, but kind of its attitude, Shaun of the Dead in particular, uh, the whole sequence in Shaun of the Dead where the zombie invasion or the zombie outbreak has happened and our main character played by Simon Pegg is mm-hmm. just going through his morning routine as we saw him do earlier in the movie and is completely so in his rut that he doesn't even notice oblivious that there are zombies all around. It takes something actually geological to, to intrude on his, his ruttedness, um, that's kind of his particular flavor. Um, so I'm wondering what he's going to bring. You know, will this be a funnier? There were, there were occasional funny bits in the first two. Oh, they had a lot of funny bits. Uh, I mean, the, the whole bit with Kirk, Most of them with Kirk, Kirk, Kirk and Uhura in, <laughs> oh, the, yeah. in the turbo lift. You two fighting? Oh, God, what is that even like? like <laughs> Yeah, and Carl Urban and uh, Chris Pine, a lot of their yeah. interactions were really funny. Knock it off with the metaphors already, will you? <laughs> so, yeah, I know there were some funny bits, but I I mean, they're, they don't have a story yet for right. Star Trek 3, they right? Haven't, they haven't broken the story as far as we know. Yeah. But also, he's a fan. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you have 
a fan writing. You like get Peter Jackson. Yeah, or even in staying staying within the Star Trek realm, you have a fan writing, and you get something like Star Trek First Contact. Mm-hmm. So you have Ronald Moore, who's been, who had been writing for Star Trek for years, but it was also a fan, and you get one of the best of the Next Generation films. You bring in just a writer who is a competent writer, and you get Star Trek Nemesis, because the guy who did that was avowedly not a fan of Star Trek, was not deeply immersed in it, and just wrote, wrote a, he wrote a good episode of Star Trek instead of a movie. Right. So there's the, the, the deep love and knowledge of the subject shows through in a myriad small ways that you see in First Contact that are lacking in something like Nemesis. Now, you, you compare it you know, mathematically, the number of action set pieces is about the same, the quality of the, of the um, choreography in the, in, the, in the space battles is about equal, but it's the, the little bits bit in between where it says one writer understands these characters, the other one read a summary of these characters. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping Peg can bring that... No, no, I know these characters and I have a picture in my mind as to how they will behave and hopefully can, as being an experienced writer, can put that down on the page. So this fills me with some hope that this combined with their statement that they're done rehashing. So first movie, we were rebooting and and laying down the groundwork of the alternate universe. Mm -hmm. But it was basically, here's a redo of their first missions out of Academy and how they go off the rails. Second one was they rehashed Wrath of Khan. Mm-hmm. It's great. Now they're saying, okay, but we're going for original stories now. They're beginning the five-year mission under t- completely different circumstances that they began in the original timeline. So it's up to the writers, okay, what do they run into first? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they pick. And they can make up whatever the heck they want. Pretty much. Something completely original um, and just throw these characters at that new situation, which is, hey, what you're supposed to do in these series of movies. And it's what you do with Bond. Mm-hmm. Throw them in a new challenge. This is what you do with Trek. Throw them in a new challenge. Hopefully not frickin' V'ger. <laughs> you know, you know, there, there, there's the, there's the oppos- opposite poles of the Star Trek <laughs> movie villain spectrum. V'ger... <laughs> Con. And, um, Con, yeah, Con slash Borg. So Con for the yeah. original series, Borg for the next generation. Next generation, yeah. Because um, I still had uh, First Contact in my head. Oh, okay. Um, and really, the the ne- the original series movies were one thing, and the next generation movies were their own encapsulation. So you know, each of them. But yeah, freaking feature. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some of their villains were interesting, but yeah, yeah that's a I word mean, for it. Yes, that's a that's a <laughs> word. It's that's very a, diplomatic. Uh, as you, you are our diplomat. You are our ambassador. <laughs> so, so, Simon, if you're listening, and I know you are, of course, uh, we believe in you. We trust you. It's all on you. No pressure. No pressure whatsoever. None. Make it good. Make it so. Exactly. So we've got on the horizon here, mm-hmm. Star Wars Episode Seven. Yes. The Force Awakens. Yes. So somebody at Good Old Games 
Yeah. Isn't Had a brilliant idea. Mama didn't raise no dummy. No. He knows that it's very much on the, the nerds' minds right now. So what have they done? They have re-released all the old classic LucasArts Star Wars franchise games. And Indiana Jones. Uh, just as a bonus. <laughs> yeah. So... If you can't get enough Harrison Ford, here's some more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we've got X-Wing. Mm-hmm. TIE Fighter. Mm-hmm. X-Wing V TIE Fighter. All the great... 3D space shooters, Rogue Squadron, um, and then the also the real-time strategy, so Battlefront, mm-hmm. Empire at War, um, also the first-person shooter series, so Dark Forces, uh, Jedi Knight, and Knights of the Old Republic, all, all then the RPGs, all the different flavors, everything, everything Star Wars is represented here. And because it's good old games, they've been rejiggered to make sure they work on modern operating systems. And you know, the most expensive ones are nine ninety nine. Well, there's one for fourteen. That's the that? Empire at War Gold Pack. Oh. But everything else is well, nine ninety nine or below. Fairly recent title. So it's mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean they're smoking deals. So, uh, the Indiana Jones ones is four ninety four seventy nine. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty good prices for some of these. Six bucks, five bucks. Yeah, Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis, which is uh, what we could have gotten as a subject instead of Crystal Skull if things had played out differently. <laughs> but I'm yeah, not I'm sure they would have messed that up too, though. Bitter. <laughs> Nuking the fridge. All oh, I got that was to horrible. Say about that. So get out there to GOG.com and buy your games. Get your Star Wars nostalgia fix. I know I'm going to. I'm, I think I'm going to do X Wing V TIE Fighter. Because you play so many games. <laughs> I've been <laughs> religiously playing Warlords of Draenor. Thank you. Have you? Yes. Nice. Two level 100 characters. I'm entry level raid geared on one of them, waiting for. Uh, they've got different level, lots of different levels of uh, difficulty on raids now than when you stop playing. Uh huh. So every raid has looking for raid difficulty level, normal, heroic, and legendary. Hmm. And each each tier rewards higher eye level gear. So looking for raid is literally you go into like a looking for group system and it just pairs you up with people, this many tanks, this many healers, this many DPS, and throws you in. It's referred to as tourist mode because it's that easy. Really? Uh, oh, God. It's, it's basically it's designed to allow very, very casual people to at least see the storyline unfold in the raid. Oh, okay. Well, but they also nice. it is a, a necessary gearing step before you try normals. So you have to get the I-level 640 gear in enough slots from tourist mode before you can realistically attempt normal mode. Normal mode is a classic raid difficulty level. All the boss mechanics are in effect. If you are not paying attention, you will be killed, um, but it's not unforgiving. That's for heroic and legendary modes. Mm. Um, Those are unforgiving. Those are very unforgiving, and you have to be geared up to the nines and have a team that communicates knows well, knows what they're doing, and it, that's that's like the original forty-man rating you know level used to be. So 
Wow, look at you. You've I'm, played I'm, more than I have, probably. I've only been messing around with Dan Central because I just don't have time. My fiscal year ends in six days at work. So after these six days, it's smooth sailing from then, and then I'll have time to play games. Curse you, real life. I know. It's horrible. Damn you! It- so during this last week, mm-hmm. we had big old yay huzza huzza um press release meetup show off for from our friends in Redmond at Microsoft on the upcoming Windows 10. Yeah. And it was largely kind of what you'd expect. Oh, look, stuff we saw two years ago on Mac OS 10. Hey, is now part of Windows 10. Yay. Yay. Go copycats. Go. Um, yeah, I mean, there was some interesting stuff, but did you watch that video? Yes, but the, the, what I'm getting to is the oh. one thing that people didn't see coming that wasn't made a big deal of until you saw it, um, other than Cortana, which looks pretty right. Cortana pretty, looks pretty interesting. Cool. I like the fact that Cortana is going to be the same across all platforms, so tablet, phone, operating system should be consistent. But this little we, and I'm not even going to talk about the stream xbox one games to your pc feature so like great i have this hideously powerful pc here let's stream the gaming experience from a less powerful crappier experience into my pc (laughs) i know because that makes sense (laughs) (sighs) yeah but it's a thing that we can do if you're on the same home network with your xbox one you can squirt it to your tablet or to your pc and squirt it whatever (laughs) But the the thing that they showed off that has people going, huh, was Microsoft HoloLens, which is a augmented reality headset way beyond what Google Glass is talking about. And I didn't get that far. So I oh. got about an hour maybe into it. I don't know. But that audience was the driest audience yep. in the world it was in i love how they there were some reverse angle pictures from the stage out and it was a sea of macbook pros oh it was horrible yeah they were not, they were the most silent most boring audience nothing could get them to make any noise yep, they were there dance for me monkey boy what you got for me Exactly. I felt bad for the presenters, truthfully. They woke but, up um, a bit for HoloLens. For, yeah, so I missed HoloLens. Mm-hmm. So it's a not just a one-eye monocle like uh, Google Glass. It's a full set of lenses where they project images out onto the lenses so they appear to be in space in the room with you. And it also has an array of sensors that sense where your hands are and stuff. So you can it can project a virtual screen in front of you that you can then interact with with your hands. Oh, that's cool. You say that's cool. You lo- go back and watch the video, and you look at the video and say, wow, that's very cool. I think it's cool. And then you read the reviews of the journalists that they've actually taken in and put prototypes on their heads. Uh-huh. And they come out and they say, this is going to change everything. Oh, nice. I mean, it's if I I recall, it's bigger, right? It's not small like Google Glass. No, it's it's a more substantial headset. And the people who have done the um, prototypes say the prototypes we were rigged with were very big, very clunky, had a big chest unit that was strapped around our neck that had the sensors in it. And Microsoft is saying the very next generation of this has it down to just a wraparound headset. Mm-hmm. But no one's actually seen. They, they they showed on the stage what they say the final device looks like. But again, 
the operational ones people have used were the previous generation, uh, very chunky, very prototypey versions. Right. So, but apparently the interface—it's—it's it's your ability to interact with your environment with these virtual overlays. You know, takes augmented reality to the next way to the next step because augmented reality you point your phone or your tablet's camera out mm-hmm. and then you look through the screen and, and you see an image of the environment and then things overlaid on that environment on the screen of your tablet and that's cool that's neat this yeah, you have the cool. headset on and you're just looking around and the stuff is just there so if you're looking at the side of a building where someone has left a note it looks like it's painted on the side of the building and if you call up a, a, a you know a google map or excuse me, a Bing Maps, because this is Microsoft, um, <laughs> and go to Street View, it just overlays it on your actual surroundings, and you can interact with the environment just by gesturing around with your hands. So it's a combination of not true hologram, but a, a very convincing projection system in the lens where you, that your head and your eyes perceive that the, envi- the items just exist in the environment, coupled with this tracking where your hands and fingers are so you can interact with these projections, and apparently it just is the bomb as far as, okay, this is, these are the, the virtual reality interfaces we dreamed of in the early 90s. They're, they're getting here. So that Interesting. Was I can foresee a lot of really cool stuff, but I can foresee a lot of issues with people wearing and walking at the same time. Right. Talk about distracted interaction with your environment exactly as it is people are already distracted just you know yeah. looking down at their phones and the way people you know reacted to google glass like oh there's a glass hole over there wearing his google glass oh he's, he's looking at something on the internet hordy 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 or he's videotaping me because yeah, you know you're the that. most important thing that that guy wants to see interestingly is. they left off any kind of recording capability on hololens it's all about that's cool <laughs> just helping the person uh engage with their surroundings so of the of the sections you looked at, what uh, leapt out as you as the the sexiest thing? Um, you know what? There was a lot of little things. It was it was, and again, it was things that other other ones. I'm sorry that I, iOS already does mm-hmm. tiny things. The interaction with Cortana was very interesting. I I kind of hate Siri because she's <laughs> really bad. I ask her something, and it's like I asked her something completely different. I don't even know what she's talking about half the time. Um, it seemed to work well with him, but of course it was a presentation, so I'd like to get it my was hands a demo, on it yep. and see how that really works. But um, yeah, the Cortano seemed a lot more intuitive. Some of the things that could do, you know, turn your music on and off. Um, I like the new. One of my problems with my tablet is I never know what I have open. Yeah. So I liked the new interface. That was really nice. I like the quick buttons that are on the left hand side, um, where you can do something quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, what else did they have? It's, it's, it was just a long list of things that they, yeah. they tried with Windows 8 and they've fixed with 10 to make them actually usable. Pretty much. Yeah, the, it was the, just the a lot of you were tiny things. That was the attempted to do that with the charms in 8 and everyone hated them because you could never get them to emerge when you wanted to. The start menu is back and it's much better than ever. It's kind of a blending of the start screen from Windows 8 and the classic start menu. And another big piece of news was the fact that this will be free. Yeah, I want to see how that's going to, like, do you just go out there and say, hey, I have it, and they verify, and then they as long give you have you a legit free? license for Windows 7 or 8.1, and even Windows Phone 8.1 will qualify for the Windows 10 upgrade, because, again, this is one operating system to rule them all. Mm-hmm. This will be the same OS you run on your phone, tablet, or... And PC. PC. 
Mm-hmm. And for the first year after its launch, if you come to them and have 7, 8.1, or phone 8.1, they'll just say, okay, here's your upgrade. You that's want, awesome. You want fries with that? Yeah, that's great. Uh, that's, that's very Apple of them. Um, we'll see if they find a new a new revenue stream. Now, if that year is up, they'll go back to the, okay, you got to buy. they got to buy the upgrade. Or maybe depending on what their experiences are during that first year, then that might become more permanent. We'll see. Yeah. Hmm. So. So yeah, definitely some interesting stuff. I just I'm looking uh, forward to having it because I, I don't want to. I want to stay on seven to the bitter end and <laughs> get leap directly to ten. Right. Because while they're I, it's much like with Vista, except for Vista's driver issues at launch, there's nothing in particular I can point to in eight that I. You know, don't like it's a million little things hmm. um just the simple act of finding a program you know you normally you go start menu all programs and you tunnel through there mm-hmm. you have to use the search tool in windows 8 and that makes sense when you have integrated search and, and it, it has never failed to find things for me which is good but that's not the way i wanted to do it yeah i wanted my damn start menu and you took it away from me for no good reason. So you're making my experience more annoying than it, it, just, it pisses me off. Every time i got to bring the charms out and hit search, I'm grinding my teeth saying, why can't I just hit the start menu? Why? And, and the start menu makes a triumphant return in 10. So, yeah, I'll just, I'm going to, I'm going to hopscotch right over the, the, the top of eight and go straight to 10. As straight soon, to 10. As soon, as soon as it goes gold. I'm not going to do the beta thing this year. I'm just, I'm too old for that crap. <laughs> <laughs> You're too old for that. I'm getting too old for that crap. Far yeah, I want my stuff to work. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I'm getting to that point too. I just want my stuff to work. I want it to put it be put on there and I want it to work. That's it. I don't want to test anything anymore. So we have from GameInformer.com, mm-hmm. MMORPGs to watch in 2015. Now, 2014 was kind of a yawn. Um well, I mean, there was a couple out there. I, well, I Wild, liked Wildstar. Wild I just don't have the time the to play one. it. And that's the one that's now in, and has announced that they're going, shocker, free to free play. Because that's there can be only one pay-per-month uh, MMORPG, apparently. And Blizzard has that locked down for eternity. Pretty and, much. And there's a whole generation of gamers that are coming up in the land of Minecraft and League of Legends and Dota 2 where mm-hmm. that's the standard model is here's the game for free and you pay for perks you pay for the new heroes you pay for the new you know the summoners or whatever mm-hmm. and skins and all that stuff and that's where the money is but you're not stopped from playing the game if you don't pay correct and it's up to the quality of the game to get you so psyched up that you want to spend money to play even more. Um, so those are the people that are turning away from these subscription models saying, why, why do I have to go behind a paywall to play the game? That doesn't make sense to me because nowhere else in my gaming, on my online gaming experience is this the truth anymore. If I'm not so on a console, true. why am I paying a monthly fee is the feeling from this generation of gamers. And that's why things like Wildstar keep falling on their face when they go subscription model is the customer base has changed. It it has. It really has. I don't think people are used to that anymore. I mean, we were used to it from, you know, old EQ days where right. it was always Ultima a monthly Online, subscription. EverQuest. 
Yeah. Um, City of Heroes. And that was just, that was the expectation back then. Well, the expectation has changed. Changed. And Absolutely. Inter- interestingly, in this article, the number one, or the first one they say to watch in uh, 2015 is World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft. <laughs> um, Blizzard's 10-year-old MMO continues to command a legion of subscribers as the Warlords of Draenor expansion introduced garrisons and fresh takes on questing. I can, can recommend uh, definitely interesting and different. Uh, big question on the horizon. Can Blizzard crank out enough content to keep the ball rolling throughout 2015? That's uh, it's always the question, though. I mean, they've been around for so long. That's the same question every year mm-hmm. is can they keep doing it? Can they keep doing it? So far, yeah. they have. I've so I don't see why that they couldn't. I'm kind of looking around and saying, okay, this is starting to get boring. Uh, yeah. When's the next content patch? And, and the gaps between... New content on in Mists of Pandaria was were vast. They had year long breaks between major patches, um, and I'm not gonna. I'm not willing to sit around for that. I, I'm on the the game card method of paying, not because I, I don't have a credit card, because I suspect I will wander away from this game, and I just didn't want it to auto renew. I'm, I'm planning for the, for me to become bored and and only want to return after a major patch. Yeah, and I think a lot of people do that. So I think their numbers we're, fluctuate we're, we're quite kind, a bit. We're kind of right at that place in the content where, okay, um, nothing new is happening here. Uh, next one they mention is Dungeon Fighter Online. Yeah, that one's convol- – I mean, if you look at the screenshot, there's a lot going on there. Yeah, it's very – Asian in its yeah. sensibility. <laughs> That's the way to put it, yes. Um, well, um, what was the Korean one that had uh, two versions and was kind of a contemporary to WoW? Uh, Legacy or... Legacy. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Uh, not coming to me, but it had a, a similar... Feel? Non-North American sensibilities to its design and implementation, and this just, just screams anime influence um which can be great absolutely mm-hmm. it's just that i don't know how i can read all that it, it's, it's a weird because it's a side scroller uh, uh-huh. role-playing game but it's it has mmo elements to it um and it's very pvp heavy uh, so it's kind of like street fighter and um mortal Kombat meets an mmo which just makes my brain hurt um <laughs> so Certainly as, as a, a new, fresh, different take on massively multiplayer games, definitely something to watch. So it, it you know, qualifies for this MMOs to watch article. Exactly. Um, Archage. That one looked really pretty. Very pretty. It looked um, very pretty. It has very an EQ2 vibe to it. Mm-hmm. It was the first thing I thought when I looked at this one. Yeah, um, but it kind of does. It has... Um, Seafaring and pirate ship type uh, mechanics uh, as a large part of its uh, core. So a lot of people who uh, maybe got a taste for that during Black Flag, um, Assassin's Creed, uh, this might scratch that itch for them. Uh, Grail has always loved the sea. Yeah. That's his thing. So he may... um, Maybe. We shall see. Uh, Other than that, it it seems like a very kind of a classic MMO, but they've gone very much nautical with it. Yes. Uh, Tree of Savior... Now, if you show me these screenshots, I'd say, oh, that looks like another League of Legends clone. Yeah, a little bit, or a little Diablo-ish. Yeah, or, it was yeah. two-thirds top-down. Um, and again, they're trying to capture some of the gameplay mechanics of that kind of team-based game. I'm um, thinking of, what were the D&D-based? Um, God, I'm drawing a blank. 
It's very cartoony too. Oh, extremely cartoony. Yeah, it's very very yeah. cutesy. You look um, like you're a little cheesy. child. Yeah. Um, early early Final Fantasy uh, ish in its kind of oh super early. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and expected not surprisingly expected to launch as a free to play game. Of course. Um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, that one didn't grab me as much. Uh, nah, not not so much that. either. Um, uh, Terra, another one I hear talked about quite a lot. God, we've I've been hearing about this for a while. This so, thing so has this been around. one of those ones that's been at conventions for an eternity. In, uh, yeah, in, in demo absolutely. mode, in this and like Firefall. Um, you know, you go for years on end, and they have these huge booths and be demoing this stuff. It's like. Great. When do you launch? Oh, we don't know. Four years from now. Yeah, it's it's insane how early and how long they run these. You know, get the hype going, but you got to deliver a, a product at some point. Um, I don't know how they're paying for all those big booths at conventions because Terra had a huge one. Yeah, well, their their big brag was their combat system, not being just brain dead, tab targeting and clicking of buttons. Where you can actually use a console-style controller with this system, and, and it will, and it is a combat system that has that level of complexity um, and finesse to it, where you're, you're you're picking where on the bad guy to attack and how to exploit weaknesses. So it's, it's a much more a thinking person's uh, combat system. You can't just smash just a buttons button masher, them. right? Yeah. So. We'll see. Now it's actually available. And that is actually another one that I thought was very beautiful when they were oh, testing. Absolutely it. gorgeous looking, um, and apparently has changed massively over the years of its development from what they originally intended to do. Um, but they still the, the biggest deal they make of it is you you know if you want an interesting combat system in your MMO, come to Terra, mm-hmm. uh, and we will we will possibly yeah we'll see. Um, the one I'm here at like. To watch for why for 2015 in particular, I had the same kind of reaction to this as I did to Wow, Guild Wars Two. It's like, well, yeah, this isn't exactly a new. No, Grill likes that game a lot. Yeah, he pops in and out of that game constantly. It's this is the slow and steady content update methodology. Um, so they they don't release huge patches infrequently. They release small patches frequently that add bursts of content. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they have, a, compared to things like World of Warcraft, they have a massive number of different classes you can play. Very subtly differentiated play styles between these classes instead of merely you know, stabby, stabby rogue, sh- mm-hmm. you know, shield, hork, and warrior tank, and glass cannon mage. Here you have you know, six or seven variations of a rogue-like character and six or seven variations of a ranged caster, all slightly and subtly different from each other. So you could really get down to nitty-gritty choosing exactly how, you know, how does your character interact with the world. A um, little intimidating to newer players. Um, it's not the clean-cut, I choose one of three really clearly defined uh, roles. It's, no, here's, here's a huge menu of options and... Whatever looks shiny to you. Um, <laughs> and again, a mix of, of PvE and PvE play. Um, Guild Wars, they have championed the you don't need to give us a subscription fee model the longest of anyone. Yeah, it's um, been around for quite a bit. 
and they don't, they don't generally get referred to as being purely uh, free to play because you do buy the game. So it's not like League of Legends where you can just download the game for free and start playing the game for free. You pay for it one time, and then you can play for eternity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that model seems to be working very well for them. It gives them a little bit more reliable income. Uh, and they do have you know things you can microtransact to give them more money to keep the game rolling, but it's not required the way it is in things like LOL. Exactly. So that powerhouse continues. Hit one, one or two more of these here. Um, well, I know one of them is Landmark. Yes. Ever, so I'm definitely going... That's the one that is gotten my attention the most because... EverQuest meets uh, Minecraft. Minecraft. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, it was really funny because at PAX, I played a, a ton of great games and I was like, okay, Landmark, let's see what's going on. And basically, I spent more time because they weren't cycling people through i guess a lot of people didn't want to play it Mm -hmm. but they weren't cycling people through so i spent like 20 minutes digging seriously like digging and chopping Mm -hmm. that's what i did for 20 minutes and i was having a blast digging and chopping well so what (laughs) i've taken away from this too is it's finally shaken up my perceptions of everquest because from eq to eq2 they upgraded the pixel count Mm -hmm. and the resolution but the sensibilities of the design stayed very much the same. So it was a much prettier wood elf, but it was basically an update of the existing design from EverQuest 1. And Erudites and all those things, you can clearly see they were trying to keep it consistent to have it be a follow-on. Here they seem to have gone fresh, gone back to the well and said, no, let's, let's adopt a new look. Um... So the character models are more, I, I don't want to say cartoony, but I don't know, I, I would say they, they borrow heavily from a lot of the sensibilities of many of the computer animated uh, kids shows you'll see on the air these days. Um, and, for Landmark. Yeah, for Landmark. Yeah, just they the, are, so I think they it, are it, a bit more cartoony it, than, than what I... But it looks better to me. I mean, it, it's, I just, I'm more interested in this than I ever was in uh, EQ2. Really? No, yeah. I'm super interested in EQ2. I can't wait till that. I mean, not EQ2. EQ EverQuest next. Right, EverQuest next. I take that no, back. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I was not interested in EQ2. Right. And that's what <laughs> I was. Now, not, I haven't been talking about EverQuest next because so, no, Landmark is the lead-in to EverQuest next. So a lot of what you see in here, art style and you know models and things, are being used in next as well. In next, because mm-hmm. the things you create in Landmark will be able to go into uh, next. Yep, as long as you do it on the continent that's specified and yep. stick to their rules, they might be they might actually buy your content from you, which is great. Yeah, this is an interesting thing they've done with 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 Landmark and Next. Yeah, I think it's going to be it's going to be interesting. I'd love to see once Next is out how much of that content they actually purchased from players. Right. That would be really neat to see. And uh, before we wrap up here, they've got Eve online. <laughs> game i've always wanted to play and have never played but now that we got that huge free box for right um what was it uh black friday mm-hmm. it might might be the time to play it it is i mean it's i mean you you, you got a lot of of makeup to do to catch up to current um really i just want to see it you apparently know it is a thing to behold mm-hmm. um so i'll be very interested in, in your experiences there once you bite the bullet and give that a try I know. Once I have time, six more days. Yeah. 
can't do it. I know. Uh, all right, so we are at break time here. Mm-hmm. Let me grab little, some short music for you guys. Oops, there we go. Oh, that's entirely wrong. I'm doing it wrong! Uh, Garfunkel and Oates, probably a little adult for this show. Just a, <laughs> a wee skosh. There we go. That's, oh, that's way too long. See, we are professionals here. Sometimes. I'm professional. <laughs> professional what? Exactly. And so when we return... We have all manner of goodness for you. We'll probably bring the Barry Von Awesome in to tell us everything we've said that is wrong because mm. it's kind of his thing. You are listening to Casually Hardcore Live on AlphaGeekRadio.com with live simulcast on Versus the World Radio. We shall return right after this Molly Lewis. This is Justin Robert Young from the Weird Things Podcast, and you're listening to Alpha Geek Radio. This is Danielle Corsetto from Girls with Slingshots, and you're listening to Alpha Geek Radio. Not Greek, just geek. Think of all the great beards that go back through history, like Will Wheaton and Jesus and Gandalf. A hairy, happy family. On a fibrous family tree. The only rhyme with Gandalf was Van Gogh, also bearded. All we are saying is give beards a chance. You know, I bet all hair wishes it could be in a beard. Am I right, ladies? You know, as I think about it, You know, pubic hair is nothing but a beard inside your pants. I thought that was going to make it weird. Guys, let's sing about it. Beards, they're like an apron on your neck. Beards, they're like a scarf in every season. Beards, they're there to make sure that your collarbones get shade. A fuzzy fringe just for your chinge. It's the year of the beards! I hope you don't find it weird. I prefer my jawbones unsheared. But I myself cannot grow a beard just as I had feared. But some faces are just engineered for beards. And you may find yourself endeared towards beards. So I recommend that you get nearer to beards. And sincerely cheer for beards. Crux for your manhood Beards, they're the bouncer For the party in your mouth Don't let the hipsters Make you cynical Be your beard short Or downright rabbinical You're welcome You should show everyone You know it's the year of the beard 
Hi, this is Scott Johnson, artist of Extra Life at MyExtraLife.com, and you're listening to Alpha Geek Radio. Hey, this is Veronica Belmont from Vaginal Fantasy, and you are listening to Alpha Geek Radio. Casually Hardcore continues live on AlphaGeekRadio.com. We are joined via the virtual tubes by the Barry Von Awesome. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Hey, Barry. I'm not at work, so there's that. There is that. And you're actually, like, awake, unlike, you know, last week. Yeah. That's another work thing, man. They've just been uh, upping my hours and spreading me thinner, so... Sometimes I sleep all day on Sunday because I can't function otherwise. Stretch, you're stretched like butter scraped over too much bread or, or the new Hobbit movies. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really telling, especially for me. I mean, I have been working a lot, like I was just mentioning, but I haven't seen the third Hobbit movie yet because I just haven't really? had time and I haven't been like, I, you know, there's been nights where I've had the night off and I could have gone and seen it, but it was like... Uh, I mean, no, from from right. the spectacle standpoint, you know, it bears watching in the big screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but from like you know story content, it, would, you know, it wouldn't be terrible to see it uh, online. No, it wouldn't be horrible for sure. But it is very it's, nice. It's not the it's... same. You know, you have to see you know the Battle of Helm's Deep on the big screen. Oh my right. god! It's not that feeling we got back then. It's more like, oh yeah, that was that was kind of cool. But, and I yeah. want I want to see it, mm-hmm. and I was excited that it was coming out, but at the same time, I'm not so excited that it's like – because I'm only getting one night off a week right now, so. Ooh, yeah, me too. It's like, <laughs> well, mine isn't going to only last for six days. Mine's for the unforeseeable future. Oh, no, honey. I've been doing this since November. It's just in six days, it ends. Yeah. Well, I don't know when <laughs> mine's going to end. All right. So I'm, I'm done with it, so I'm, I'm happy it's coming to an end. So we have uh... – from Polygon.com. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure how to pronounce this. Trolljagarna, Troll Hunter, is a Swedish reality TV show that hunts down and confronts online harassers in real life. I really like that. <laughs> I, and, you know, the most important thing that you have to say about that, too, is a lot of these harassers ended up being 11 and 12 year old boys. And now we they have don't proof. confront the boys. They confront their parents and let them know what the boys are doing. Right. Which is and, uh, the responsible thing to do. And most of the time, the parents didn't even know what their kids were doing. Of course not. So. Because you, you don't want to believe your child is a hideous monster in the online space. You like to think the best of them, but. You should read their chat logs sometimes. Yeah, every See, so often. Just monitor their – the whole responsible parenting of just don't don't park the kid in front of a computer with an open internet connection and expect it not to go horribly wrong. I'm not saying that all children will disappoint you, but enough of them do that uh, responsible parenting says you should be part of that equation. Uh, yeah, and they um, – if you – they interviewed the gentleman who does the show, and if you actually listen to the interview, they um, there has been a couple times where he's had to confront some pretty big guys, and it's been pretty mm-hmm. scary. But he's, uh, sometimes you know, they're thugs in real life too. Exactly, but he's I, I truthfully I feel like it's a service. You know, it makes people responsible. That's the thing about the internet is it lets you be a jerk because you think it has no consequences. No, this is this is to catch a predator for the information age. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. To catch a troll. To you know, catch a troll. Just take a seat there. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. Now, on, on Reddit and 4chan, you, you posted the following. Yeah. Does your mom know that you did this? No, I'm just kidding. Mom, did you know your son was doing this? Which is kind of like the story we had not very long ago about the the gamer girl who actually went to a kid's mom and she had gotten all kinds of threats of being raped by this kid and you know just and just that, saying you should are, be raped and things like that and she that, had, yeah, she went to the mom and found the mom on facebook and said hey just want to let you know this is what your son is sending me and the mom was not so happy with the son i imagine not this is not the behavior we encourage in this household yeah. you know consequences i i don't i don't feel like you know you should harass people just to harass people but you know, you should know that if you're going to be that much of a jerk, there may be some consequences. This could indeed be the case. Yeah. And it's not like it's a, like an accidental kill still, kill steal mm-hmm. or something like that. You're actively going out there and harassing people. And spewing some of the most vile, hateful. Um, and, and it doesn't surprise me that many of these are immature people because they don't understand that that's the, the full, right. They haven't had the, the experience of being on the receiving end of that. True. Which can be very uh, illuminating. Mm-hmm. Um, they just haven't a chance to witness the kind of power that that actually wields. So true. Uh, <laughs> I'm so I hearing, think it's kind of neat. I'm hearing quotes from the Emperor from Star Wars in my head. And we <laughs> Let the hate flow no. through you. Good. <laughs> Your hate has made you powerful. Yeah. yeah so... I the and the guy the guy is safe about it. He's not antagonistic to the people. He just brings it up. Hey, and most of them admit it was that they're the ones who did it. Mm-hmm. Well, you so got me. They're just not used to being confronted about that in the in the light of day. Correct by a person, mm-hmm. and it's probably a good thing to personalize and say, "Hey, do you realize that there's people on the other end of this?" Because it's really easy to dehumanize people when you're not facing them. True. That, yeah. That's the ongoing I, challenge of the internet is the anonymity. And I think that's one of the reasons why since Aridan, you know, came of age where it was okay for him to speak to people because before we wouldn't let him talk to people at all. Chat, no, not even on his headphones. He always had them muted. Um, now that he's he's able to speak to people, it's really easy to see if he's getting a little, you know, out there because he's loud. Yeah. So it's not like he's well, a, a certain kind of person who, who runs this kind of endeavor. So that, that didn't surprise me at all. Yeah. So it's 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 neat. I think I think it's kind of interesting. So yeah, that's a good. It's a good read and a good interview. Mm-hmm. Um, also from Polygon. This was amazing. Yeah. Well, this is from this is a, a follow on to our discussion last week about H one Z one, whose initial controversy had been. The developers promising right up to launch time that it, this will not be pay to win. We will not sell guns and ammo, you know, in game. And ta da, <laughs> launch day, people are calling in airdrops and they contain guns, guns and ammo. And ammo. Oh, you got us. Ha, ha, ha. But that wasn't the end of their bad oh. PR. Um, so, let's see. H1Z1 went live the evening of January 15th. The initial launch was delayed by several hours. And when it did open for user, Sony Online Entertainment's authentication infrastructure crashed, locking the majority of players out for the evening. The small disaster was made more public because Sony had enlisted more than two dozen Twitch streamers to be part of the initial marketing campaign, and those streamers were by and large left sitting on their hands. Oopsie. Yeah. Perhaps you should have had an, uh, a dedicated 
sign-on structure for those people. Oh, well. Additionally, issues with loot spawning inside containers mentioned in their overview video above have been fixed, but there's... <laughs> um, mm. Let's see. More patches to the loot system are upcoming. There's, uh, servers are finally stable as of last night, and this was published two days ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're able to log in, play several sessions fairly lag-free without crashes or disconnects. The last paragraph is mm-hmm. kind of the insult to the injury. Of, okay, so you had got caught lying about how the game was going to work. Your launch authentication system crashed. Your high-profile streamers that were supposed to show off the game could only show themselves not being able to log into the game. And now you've got your servers stable. You've kind of gotten past the, okay, fine, it's pay to win. And everything's good. we're, We're stable. And now they're dealing with an influx of hackers who are using exploits in the game to terrorize and steal outside the usual game mechanics, which also allow them to both terrorize and steal. The, the, the normal game mechanics let you terrorize and steal, but <laughs> these are terrorizing steal, and stealing outside, outside, the, outside mechanics. the mechanics. Uh, Can you imagine how bad that has to be? It makes, I mean, it makes the game not fun, that's for damn sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, whenever you encounter someone who's wall hacking or has an aimbot going in a, in a you know, first-person shooter, just why, how is this fun for me? Because uh, it ain't. Uh, a large group of hackers were already banned this week, and the H1Z1 official Twitter account asks for players to report the hacker's name and server immediately. So it's vulnerable to hacking and... The hackers have found that out and are just going to town. Um, so sad. Yeah. It's just, they can't catch a break. I know. Now, all pretty much all online games have hacking to some degree. There's always people who are looking for the easy way out. There's the shortcut. Of course. Um, there's whole darknet infrastructures all about distributing uh, botting programs and, and hacking programs. Uh, the Valve, you know, the... Um, VAC system to stop um, hacking on servers or at least catch it. Um, you know, they have a whole, Valve has put in a whole infrastructure to be anti-hacker. It would be less news if they hadn't had the bad PR about lying about how the game is going to work, having a crappy launch. Then it would merely be new first-person zombie shooter game launches, and of course the hackers are here. You know, because it would be a right. very different tone to the story. Like, There's hackers everywhere, and they've found the new H1Z1. Let's all hate on the hackers. Instead, it's, uh, SOE can't write a good game. They suck. Everything about this game sucks. Haha, uh-huh, more was pile on. So they've, they've made a terrible bed for themselves, and now they're having to lie in it. Yeah, unfortunately. Poor. So <clears throat> on the topic of things you said wrong, yeah. Uh, earlier in the show, before I was on, you referred to this game as H1N1. Right. Or, oh, yeah. Did I? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Which uh, I think well, is, it is a, the, a, a in, my, in my defense, <laughs> H1Z1 is a play on H1N1. Thank you very much. <laughs> it was pretty close. Uh, and uh, a friend of mine has been playing this game on Twitch, and I've been watching her uh, uh, quite a bit. And uh, it's not a first-person shooter. Uh, which you just said it's it's actually a third-person kind of perspective, but that's not that big of a deal. But it's a really interesting game to watch play, even though it is pretty glitchy and and uh, there's not a lot like of certainty of what is actually going on in the game once she's playing it. But 
the way she plays it and the people she's playing with, it, she makes it seem absolutely terrifying because they're afraid of everything, everything. that they see. Yeah, every, anything that happens, they cower in fear and hide behind bushes and, like, don't want to go anywhere. And, like, they see an airdrop and they're like, well, we can't go anywhere near that because people, everyone's going to be it. going there and the people that are going to go there are going to kill everyone that go near it. They're not wrong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it's a it's a weird game to watch people play and it's it's very strange. It's just a strange thing to exist i i don't i don't see the appeal of wanting to play one of these games with you know permanent death and like mm-hmm. you can't you can't account you mean you can do things and it's neat but if you log out or want it, the only as far as i can tell the only way you can log out and go do something else is to die so you can only accomplish things in this game in one session and then it's over <laughs> and that's it <laughs> i don't know it seems very strange yeah Hmm. Interesting. So, next story is from news newsarama.com mm-hmm. and Barry this is going to be right in your happy place. Mm-hmm. Uh, X-Men Apocalypse casts actors to play young Storm, Cyclops and Jean Grey. Yeah. There's, uh, Jean the- Grey. Mhm. Huge. Well, we already knew she too. was back cuz we saw her at the end of uh Days of Future Past. In the reset timeline. Oh, I mean young Jean Grey, the person playing it. Yes. Yes. Um, there's, so there's a segment of this story that takes place in the 1980s. Um, and they've cast the actors to play our, our favorite mutants there. Mm-hmm. So young Storm has been cast Alexandra Alexandra Ship. Uh-huh. Uh, She's from Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of those, a lot of those Disney and Nick uh, personalities actually turned into actual real actor types. And she lo- she looks like she could be a great storm. Mm-hmm. The 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 headshots they've got here, so like that, I, I would put you know white hair wig on her, and mm-hmm. uh, she could definitely be a young Aurora Monroe. Um, now we have from uh, cross casting from game of thrones mm-hmm. sophie turner who plays sansa on uh, game of thrones is young jean gray yeah she's gonna be a great jean gray i think that was a very good especially when if they still have famke jansen playing her adult self oh, yeah i can totally believe that this would be you know skin tone everything w- would be a a young version of that actress so um i seem to recall that they have the same they have a Mr. Mr. Wooden Cutout still playing Cyclops. Um, <laughs> and the hairy Australian dude who's too tall to play Wolverine still playing Wolverine. I like him. He's fantastic. He's just too tall. Um, that's, it's, it's, it was such, I know it, and their challenge was how do you find a, a, a reasonably short person who still is a high-profile actor who's buff. You know, but it, you lose the whole runt joke. Um, you know, the, the the running joke between Sabretooth and Lo- and Logan was always come here runt because he was he was the little Teeny. one, um, not as bad as Puck, but still small. Um, but I get it. I, I'm I'm totally happy with who we have as Wolverine. Thank you very much. Oh yeah, no, I think he's going to be great. And then eighteen year old Ty Sheridan as young uh, young Cyclops. And again, I don't know this actor from anywhere. But totally buy him as a young, uh, was it James Marsters? No, not Marsters. Um, Marsden. Marsden, thank you. Marsden. My brain was going off to Spike there for a second. Yeah. He's uh, been in a lot. 
or he's going to be in a lot. Yeah. So there's that tells us gives us a little bit of insight as to how the story's going to unfold. We're going to have uh, bits of apocalypse interacting with the mutants when they're younger, and then we'll see, maybe see the consequences of that uh, tampering in the future story. We'll see. And uh, Remy, I think, is still rumored. He's not, you know, for sure yet. Yeah, Remy LeBeau. Whether whether we're going to have Gambit or not as part mm-hmm. of this, because they've already. I mean, they they did the very interesting thing, you know, when Singer came back. And he made the decision of this is not going to be a reboot. So that means that X-Men Origins Wolverine still totally happened. Because um, no- okay. nothing they, well, but they may may have totally happened because they did end Days of Future Past with Wolverine on a very different path. Timeline. Basically being rescued by Mystique. Um Instead of going into the hands of what's his face, mm-hmm. uh, Barry, help me out here. What's the the general? The general, yeah, yeah, uh, Striker. Yeah, general Striker. Yeah. So you have Mystique there, dressed as Striker, um, rescuing him from the Potomac, and then so that could, you know, how did he? What what path did he take to where we see him at the end of the film when he arrives back and has his talk with Professor X, who? is now legitimately back inside his original body instead of being completely unexplainedly back in his original body at the beginning of the film. <laughs> remember, he was freaking dead. Um, yes, he you know put his brain into the coma patient, but why does he still look like Patrick Stewart? But anyway. Because <laughs> Patrick Stewart's hot. Yes, but it's still, that doesn't serve the story at all. I know he's like 100 years old, but he's still hot. Yeah, he's, he's looked the same since he was 27. That's what's right? scary about the guy. Um, so I am, I'm cautiously optimistic about this. I, I liked mostly what they did with Deja Future Pass, especially the non-reboot retcon fest that it was, was, was handled about as, as, uh, smoothly as you could hope for. I think so. I think they did an amazing job. So, I Of jettisoning a lot of the crap without... Absolutely believable. Yeah. Um, and when you have the time travel mallet, you can do crap like that. Exactly. I'm looking at you, Terminator Genesis. Um, <laughs> that movie, based on that trailer, that movie looks messed up. I'm oddly drawn to that one. Really? Oh yeah. yeah. It, it seems so interesting. You're like, no, no. I mean, I mean, he's drawn to it. No, I, I, I agree with you, Barry. Which is, hey, what a moment, right? But yeah, well, I mean, you, you, we've not really had this moment in cinema before where you have. A, a, an established series with all of its ups and downs and great movies and not so great movies. But this one is, you know, time travel is central to this one. And on one hand, we had Terminator 3, which had the very non-Hollywood ending of the bad guys, air quotes, lo- the good guys losing, where they were saying, nope, time, the timeline will repair itself. All you did was delay Judgment Day. And Judgment Day still happened, so which makes sense because the Terminator still came back, so they had to come back from a future where they had taken over. And this one, so you picture Skynet in the future during the you know the original Terminator film, and all this stuff takes place more or less instantaneously from its perspective. So it puts Arnie in the machine, sends him back. And then it being an omniscient machine, it can detect the changes in the timeline and looks around and says, shit, nothing changed. 
Uh, experimental T-1000. Stick you in the machine right after Arnie left, but send you to a different point in the past. Look around. Shit, the timeline, the, the humans are still breaking the door down. It didn't work. Mm-hmm. Weird hybrid, you know, Cyberdyne 101 and T-1000 lady. Go in the machine. Go later in the timeline. Find a way to change this. Sends them back. So this all takes place over like you know, 10 minutes from Skynet's standpoint, and the humans are still coming. It's like, holy crap, why is none of this working? Okay, Arnold, number two, come over here. I'm going to send you into the distant past. You see if you can find a way to make the human resistance not happen. And that's the MacGuffin of this film. This is that last-ditch effort from the future of Skynet saying, well, I'm going to try this other approach, which was their excuse to be able to have Arnold Schwarzenegger at his current age in the movie without makeup or without Mm. being CG because he was sent way back and then the flesh on him aged to the point where they can say, hey, look, there's the old Terminator that's been here 67 years. Okay, that the, right there. That's the first part where I'm like, really? The, the flesh robot? should not be aging. First Why? The robot it's with natural flesh, flesh got old. That seems a little stupid. Why? It's human. It's human flesh grown for the grown for the Terminators. That's that was always the line. Why wouldn't if it, if it stayed alive for sixty seven years? Wouldn't it? Wouldn't listen. Move? I'm on board. I watched the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Mm-hmm. I love the Sarah Connor Chronicles. That show got weird fast. Yes, and like there was a lot of strange things going on in that show where you're just like, all right, I guess this is where we're at now. Well, that's. I mean, the whole thing about this movie is the you get to see you, you start basically right before the beginning of the original Terminator film in the future, and you get to see Kyle Reese put in the machine by John Connor, given his instructions, and sent back. And then from when he arrives to when things change it's apparently a shot for shot remake of the sequence from the original terminator just with the new actors in it so he arrives he breaks into the store gets some clothes because hey naked um and it's absolutely the same until sarah connor crashes through the front wall of the building and truck and says come with me if you want to live because the timeline is completely foobar because and that's when you cue the record scratch. What? We've never had this before. I guess, yeah. Except... It, it's better than what they did with, like, you know, the Halloween movie or Friday the 13th, where they just took a movie from the 80s and just remade it completely. Well, yeah, but that's, that's a remake, and that's a, that's a whole other thing, and that is a, a long Hollywood tradition. But we have had this before. It's called Star Trek 2009. All they're doing with this movie is making a what-if alternate timeline movie. Yeah, but the whole Terminator universe is a what-if alternate timeline. And and now so is the whole Star Trek universe. The current one that we have is exactly what you just described. So is this now going to become a sci-fi thing? Maybe. I suppose it will depend on how good the movie is. Um, Because a lot of of the the what-if aspects of Trek 2009 are kind of what make it interesting. You know, what if Kirk didn't have a good upbringing? You get the punk version of Kirk that we're dealing with now. Yeah. What if Spock's complete support structure was yanked out from under him? We see the version of Spock we get now. He is a man without a race, a man without a planet, and apparently that makes you shack up with Uhura. But anyway... (laughs) 
hey, he could do worse than shacking up with Uhura. Well, I'm, I'm not just saying, saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying <laughs> his human side may not have asserted itself quite as strongly without that huge emotional burden on him. So it may not have been as easy a, I'm going to deepen my relationship with you because I got to reach out for something here. Um, and we were talking about before the show, and then we get the great moments like like Uhura and Kirk in the uh, elevator and the turbo lift saying, you two fighting? Oh, God, what is that even like? Yeah. <laughs> One of the best lines ever. But anyway, so that's – I'm curious, but I, I, I when I saw the beginning, I said, oh, God, it's the Terminator Genesis trailer. And I came out the other end of it going – I'm surprisingly interested in seeing this. Uh, yeah, exactly the same thing. I was like, oh, all right. We'll see that movie. Well, because we've been you know, very much let down by Salvation, which yes. was too many cooks spoiling broth <laughs> and too many, you know, the radical change to the end. And the and it's just. It was a cool movie, though. It was a fine movie, but you're holding it up to something like Terminator 2 Judgment Day. It's like, uh definitely pales in comparison to that um i wish they had been able to make the sequel to that that they wanted to i want to want i kind of wanted to see where they were going to go with that well are you aware of the original ending no because in the in the theatrical version uh self-aware cyborgy terminator guy gives up his heart so the right. transplant so john connor can live live right, right. yeah i remember that the original ending john connor dies and they put his skin on the Terminator skeleton and John Connor was a Terminator the whole time. Okay, that's really oh. stupid. And that's Don't why like they, that. That's why they reshot it. <laughs> that, yeah. that was the original ending as filmed was the Terminator replaces John Connor and carries the humans to victory. You know what I like about that uh, Sarah Connor Chronicle show is that it's cool because it was a Terminator TV show and they tried it and they did a lot of fun things in it. But absolutely everybody in that show is more famous for being in something else. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But and it so was – both- I loved it. I thought it was a great show. I, I yeah. think that one got robbed. But, hey, I was it was on sad. Fox. There, yeah. And there's a new show uh, that just popped up on Fox this week and I watched the pilot on Hulu Plus uh, where uh, Rain Wilson – from the office is like a detective in Portland and he's all surly and trying to solve crimes or whatever. But the kid who played John Connor on that show pops up on that show as a as one of the characters. And I was just like, Oh yeah, that guy. (laughs) There he is again. All right. So Daxon needs input from the IRC, from Barry, from the world. So you can, you can respond in the IRC if you're listening to the live show or you can email the show at alphageekradio.com. So what is the challenge that you are facing, Daxa? So the challenge that I'm facing is I'm going to the Supernatural convention that's coming up in like three weeks. And I one of their nights that we get as part of this package is um, a karaoke night. And they finally sent out the theme for the karaoke night, and it is cult classics. So cult classic think... Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah, yeah. that's right where I went, too. Well, I just don't want to be so obvious, you know? I want to do something different. So well, I have no idea what I'm going to be for this cult classic. I actually had the perfect idea because it could be movies, uh, books, um, TV shows. So I was thinking since I already have all this stuff for Harry Potter, I was going to do a really cool s- Professor Snape, like a female Snape. I mean, that's not really a cult classic, though. It is. The books are... Wait, is this a cosplay thing or a karaoke it's a thing? It's a cosplay thing, but you've seen karaoke. Okay. So 
the cult classic is cosplay. You just have right. to come up with a cosplay costume. And then it, you just, you, when you're in costume, you just go sing whatever you want. You to just sing whatever they tell it's you to sing. It's an excuse to cosplay. Oh, see, because I was trying to think of songs from cult classic movies. Oh, yeah. no, no. It doesn't have to actually be a musical or anything because then you'd be stuck with like Grease and, you know, Rocky Horror and very few. That's about it, yes. Um, a lot of people consider Back to the Future a cult classic. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that are considered a cult classic. The things you can that sing we any have. Huey Lewis song. There you go. There you go. But we we had to help her pick her costume, though. Yeah, but you have to pick my costume. And the thing is, I have extremely long hair, so I can't do anything with really, really short hair because it's really hard to hide my hair. Mm -hmm. Bride of Frankenstein. There you go. Bride of Frankenstein. Okay, there's one. Use that to your advantage. So Um, things like, you know, Inara from Firefly. Like, I could do that because she's got long hair and I don't have to hide it. Um, I could possibly work Marla from Fight Club because I there's a scene where she just wears a hat so her hair is up. Okay. So you can't see it. Another cult um, classic. Doctor Who, you know, I could play uh, the TARDIS. Not the actual TARDIS, but... You know, except for the hair color, yes. you could totally pull off Donna Noble. That's true. Red hair, yeah. I could probably do Donna Noble. She didn't so, really- yeah, just things like that. I just really need something. I've got 20 days to put it together, and you know how I am about my cosplay. So, mm-hmm. I- But also, uh, one of the goals is it's going to be in a crowded, hot, you know, cheek-to-jowl area, so something that's not architectural, not something you can stay comfortable in is another yeah. part of the challenge. Yeah, because Fifth Element, my favorite, one of my favorite all-time movies – I would love to do the diva. Mm-hmm. Would be that's the definition impossible. of architectural. Yeah, impossible. So you know, yeah. hmm. what do you think? That's a throwing it out. Good there. one. Yeah, Fifth Element. Uh, ooh, I mean, uh, <laughs> cult classic. Um, I, was, I leapt from one French thing to another one, Barbarella. Um, <laughs> yeah, there is that. No, that yeah, that's doable. There's, there's lots. Of, there's several different characters in there. Uh, I like. I really love the Princess Bride, but there's uh, no way I can be Buttercup. I mean, I'd rather be like the Dread Pirate Roberts. If, if that's the point, gen- <laughs> the gender case. bent uh, Dread Pirate Roberts. Nico Montoya. Yeah, yeah, right. You could do, you know, Anya Montoya because she, <laughs> Mandy Patinkin, had the long, long hair for that part. He did. Uh huh. So. Why? Why don't you be you know his long lost sister and you you, you keep my brother prepared to die? There you go. Yeah. That's actually a good idea. Actually, and even combine the name because you can you could be Inara Montoya. So Inigo Montoya, Inara Montoya, just steal Inara's <laughs> name from Firefly. There you go. Good ideas. Mm. Speaking of Firefly, uh, I was just listening to a podcast at work last night and. Uh, it was a Nerdist podcast with Chris Hardwick, and he was interviewing this lady that's worked in animation casting forever and ever. And she was talking about how there's a Firefly-based video game coming out mm-hmm. uh, this year. And they got voice acting from absolutely everyone who was ever on that show to show up as their characters again in this game. And I think it's Firefly Online that's coming out. Yeah, really? That's been in development for a while. Um, and, uh, but she was she was a voice acting, casting, directing person who's worked on absolutely everything, and she was super excited about like this game and how great it's going to be. So I was like, oh, well, the, and the fact that they got everybody to come back and re- replay their characters almost makes it worth it just to get more Firefly. Yeah, even even the backdoor method of getting more Firefly. <laughs> you have a very dirty mind, young lady. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying. 
I mean, Inara, you know, her job is... I uh, didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. Meh, meh, what? <laughs> Who are you people? What are you doing in my house? All right. Uh, and, on that, wow. and on that bombshell, it's time to end. You have been listening to Casually Hardcore live on alphageekradio.com. There's just 90 minutes of your life you're not getting back. So true. Uh, thanks, as usual, to all the volunteers. Hey, I can even thank Barry directly. Barry, thank Barry, you. thank you. You're welcome. And all the volunteers over moderating the uh, Alpha Geek Radio Reddit, where we harvest all the goodness of these links. Head on over there, alphageekradio.reddit.com. We'll take you straight there and submit links, upvote those things that interest you, downvote those things that do not interest you, and... Before each show, we go in there and scoop up the popular ones and talk about them like this. And thank yeah. you thank you to everyone who helps make that happen. And we encourage all of you to go become part of that because it's cool and fun and we want to know what's on your minds. And that's a great way to let us know. You can find us on the Facebook and on the Google+. Plus. Just search for Casually Hardcore for the show or Alpha Geek Radio for the network. We are on the Twitter, Alpha Geek Radio for the network. Hardcore Casuals for the show, Gnomewise for me, and Daxa C-H for her. That's D-A-K-S-A, not D-A-X-A-C-H. And Barry, what are you on there as these days? That's uh, at Barry Von Awesome? It's, you, yeah, at Barry Von Awesome. That's what you morphed into from, I forget what you used to be? Uh, it was just Barry V-A, but that was too that's confusing. Right. Now you'd spell it out for us. Mm. Oh, no, wait, I think I was Bingtastic at yes, one Yes, time. you were Bingtastic for a while there, which finally settling on Barry Way Von. more confusing. Yeah, who? Huh? Yeah, I think I still am being tastic on Skype too, which oh, is God. weird. I just work. Maybe here. not. You people <laughs> confuse me. Uh, you can send your emails to the show at alphageekradio.com. That's the show at alphageekradio.com. If you like what we are doing here at Alpha Geek Radio and you wish to support us financially, we appreciate it. Go to patreon.com slash alphageek to learn the simple and easy way you can send us a buck a month or whatever floats your boat to help keep the network and the shows going. We have a not insignificant amount of travel coming this year. Um, oh, my goodness. Yeah, I was just kind of reviewing it in my head earlier. So got New Media Expo in April, which is more of a go-meet-other-podcasters thing and less of a creating-content-for-you-guys thing, but it helps, mm-hmm. helps us with our game. Uh, and also the Podcast Awards are part of that. And we have in uh, July, ye oldie... Uh, Wootstock. And always goody. Yes. Wootstock, assuming there is one, or it has not been announced, but they're pretty predictable about that. And then at the end of July, Nerdtacular. Somewhere in there, I don't remember the specific dates, we have uh, Phoenix Comic Con. Comic Con. Mm-hmm. Not a ton of travel associated with that one, thankfully. And uh, the big one for September for me, Dragon Con. Mm hmm. Um, and packs for us. Yeah, and that's those are both those two are both murderously expensive. Uh, that reminds me, Pack South is going on right now. Pack South it is, is happening right now, even as we speak. And even we're as we not speak, not there, and you on. had to remind me, you son of a bitch. Although <laughs> I, I do forgot, st- I do start it off with this convention in twenty days. Yes, you've got so. it. You got it rolling with uh, not a lot of expense. Unless you consider the fact that I bought the golden ticket, but other than that, I got a golden ticket. I got a golden ticket. <laughs> Yeah. Those lazy grandparents. Yeah. <laughs> so the short of it is, we can always use your help. Uh, we love doing these things for you. We love bringing you the content, um, both uh, streamed live from the events and also just the stuff we're able to come back and communicate to you ourselves. And if you want to help us out, 
we we do need it and we do appreciate it. Patreon.com slash alphageek or just click on the Patreon logo on the front page of alphageekradio.com. When you're out and about, there's all new and interesting ways to tune in. Uh, you can always just point your mobile browser at mobile.alphageekradio.com. If uh, we've got a video show going, which we're doing more and more, uh, go to mobile.alphageekvideo.com for the video player or just www.alphageekvideo.com for the video player with built-in IRC side-by-side. It's still pretty. I'm very proud of it. Uh, you can also download the TuneIn app on a myriad of devices and just search in TuneIn app for the for Alpha Geek Radio. You'll find all of our channels in there. Just favorite them and tune in when your favorite shows are live. Another way you can support us financially is if you are going to buy something from Amazon anyway, come to alphageekradio.com and use the search widgets on the right-hand side, either for the U.K. version or the U.S. version of Amazon. If you begin your search there and wind up buying something, costs you nothing extra. And we get a little cut of every transaction, and it helps us keep going. And you don't actually have to spend any more money than you were already intending to do anyway. Is that not a win-win? I believe it is. But that's just how I view the universe. We should be... uh, Daxa, you guys had, do you have something next weekend that was going to prevent you from doing it at the regular time, or is that me? Super Bowl. Super, the what? Huh? The who what? What's a Super, what's a super Bowl? The what what? <laughs> yeah, Super Bowl. What's super about your bowl? It's awesome. Uh, oh, right, because your guys' favorite team is in the, oh, no way. Yeah, you're so funny. <laughs> at least mine had a shot. <sighs> <laughs> I grew up in Buffalo. That's why I'm a football fan. Actually, that's one of the reasons why Grail's not here. He's at the Pro Bowl, so we have tickets for season tickets, and he's at the Pro Bowl right now. So, and you're not so having a grand well. We only we share the tickets. Ah, so okay. one or the other had to go. So he's one or the other, anybody. yeah. So watch the Twitter feed and the front page of AlphaGeekRadio.com. To we may time shift it to Saturday. Just do it at an odd time, like we did last week, to accommodate real life. We'll do our best to get something out there for you um, live at an odd time, but also just get it into the RSS feed for your podcast consumption goodness. Okay? Okay. Okay. I have been Gnomewise. And I am Vidaxa. And I've been Barry. Hey, he remembered this time. He can't yeah. be caught. I'm awake. <laughs> we will be back next week sometime, and we are out of here. Bye bye, people.